Hello, welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, President of Gateway Seminary, and today I'll be talking with you about one of the most frequently asked questions that is posed to me as a ministry leader, and that is the issue of God's call. Now, in this first session of the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the definition of God's call, and then in the next section, ways God calls, and then finally, discerning God's call. This material has been a part of my teaching ministry for a number of years. It resulted in a book called, Is God Calling Me?, and uh, has been used by lots of college students and high school students to help sort out this issue. But the material actually started or was developed in a unique way. I was asked to teach on the issue of God's call in a Doctor of Ministry seminar a number of years ago, and so I uh, spent some significant time preparing the material, uh, studying the concept from both the Bible and from other printed sources, uh, developed my material, brought it to class, and quite frankly, it did not go well. Uh, the students were uh, very uh, inquisitive about what I had to say and dissected my material pretty thoroughly. And quite honestly, when uh, the presentation was over, uh, I, I felt like I had done a very poor job. So I went back and did it over again. Two years later, the seminary asked me to reteach the material in another Doctor of Ministry seminar, and that time when I taught it, it went much better, but there were still a lot of questions that were asked by students. So I went back to the drawing board and reworked the material another time. By the time I taught it the third time, um, I had been working on the material at that point for four or five years, taught the material the third time, and for the first time, really, uh, students uh, nodded around the room with understanding and appreciation for what I was teaching, and I felt like finally I was beginning to understand uh, this important concept. So I want to share with you today, uh, based on what I was able to do in developing the material in that context, and then how I've been teaching it over the years, and again, as it resulted in the book, Is God Calling Me? The first issue that has to be addressed, of course, is the, the definition of a call to ministry. And the word call is used so many different ways in the culture uh, that it can be very confusing. And that confusion is then imported over into uh, the church or to the Christian understanding of the concept. For example, in the culture, uh, you can call someone on the phone. Uh, you can call them up from the junior varsity to the varsity. You can call them up to active military service. You can call in a bad loan. Uh, you can call for the question in a business meeting. You can call for people to show their hand in a card game. Uh, you can even call the steps in a square dance. You call a spade a spade. You call the shots when you're in charge. You call it quits at the end of the day. These are all different uses of the word call. For many years, I umpired baseball. And in that context, I could use the word call in three very distinct ways. First of all, uh, to start the game, you call for the managers to come to home plate for a pregame meeting. And then during the game, you make calls, out, safe, fair, foul. And then if it starts raining, uh, you call the game, which means you send everyone home. So even in the context of umpiring, the word call can mean a summons or a judgment or a decision. And that is just one illustration of how we use the word call in so many different ways in so many different contexts. We import that same confusion into church. We describe all kinds of spiritual experiences as callings, but really they're not. God definitely prompts and leads and directs and guides, but his callings are something unique or different. 
For example, God did not call me today to make this podcast, and he did not call me to communicate this specific information. I'd like to think that God prompted me to deliver this information to you in this mean, by this means, but that does not uh, imply that this is a, a calling from God to do this specific thing. So how do we sort out the confusion? I think the best way to do it is to try to create a one-sentence definition of call and then stay with that definition as we try to understand how it happens and how we discern if it's happening to us uh, in a consistent way throughout the process. So here's my definition of call. A call is a profound impression from God that establishes parameters for your life and can only be altered by a subsequent superseding impression from God. Now, you're probably listening to this and not able to perhaps make a note or two, so let me repeat it. A call is a profound impression from God that establishes parameters for your life and can only be altered by a subsequent superseding impression from God. Let's talk about three different aspects of that definition. First, a call is a profound impression from God. It is an inner experience. It's something that happens to us and something we sense profoundly. It's something that makes a deep impression. It's more than a prompting or a leading or a directing or a guiding. It's something that makes a difference, a significant difference, a direction-changing difference in our lives. But it is an inner experience, a profound impression. That's why sometimes it's hard for people to express uh, what they mean when they say they're called. And they often defer our default to language like, well, I, I just know it in my heart, or I feel it really deeply, or I'm just convinced of it down in my soul. Well, these phrases are actually good descriptors of what it means to be called. You do feel it deep in your soul. You, you do experience it as a profound conviction. You do ultimately know it in your heart. Now, there's other aspects of understanding God's call that we're going to talk about in this podcast, but... There's not anything that replaces an inner sense of compulsion and an inner sense of conviction that God has called. So, first of all, a call is a profound impression from God. Second, it establishes parameters for your life. Now, if you could imagine with me the word life written on a marker board and then draw around that word three sets of parentheses or parameters. Uh, the first one of those would be a universal call to Christian service and growth. The second one would be a general call to ministry leadership. And the third one would be a specific call to a ministry assignment. Now, I'm going to describe all three of those in more detail in just a moment. But for now, simply understand that call places parameters around your life. And whether you've had the first call only, which is a universal call to Christian service and growth, or you've had a secondary experience of a general call to ministry leadership, or even a third experience of a specific call to a ministry assignment, if you've had one or all three of those experiences, they have placed parameters around your life. What that means is, once you're called, there are certain things that are a part of your life and certain things that are excluded from your life. Let me give you a couple of examples. The first one, a universal call to Christian service and growth, comes with our conversion and simply means that there are some things as Christians that are a part of our lives and some things that are Christians which can no longer be part of our lives. 
that kind of call is a separator of behavior for us. But suppose you've had the second experience, and that's a general call to ministry leadership. Well, that also establishes a parameter around your life. When this happened to me, one of the parameters it established was a restriction on who I could date or develop serious relationships with that might lead to marriage. I had to find a person that had the same sense of call in order for me to, to entertain the idea of marrying that person. So uh, that limited or put parameters around my dating life. It confined me, in a sense, to certain persons who shared the same sense of call that I had that might become my life partners. So a call is a profound impression from God. It's an inner experience. It's a deep conviction. It's a profound sense of God's leading, directing, guiding. It's more than all of that, though. It's a call. And then it establishes parameters for your life. It's the kind of spiritual experience that puts limitations on you. Some things are now part of your life, and some things are not part of your life. And then third, it can only be altered by a subsequent superseding impression from God. What this means is a call can only be replaced by another call experience. Now, this is very significant in terms of permanence and, and, uh, and durability in ministry. When you're called, you stay. You stay called in a sense of responding to God's direction, prompting, guiding in your life more profoundly than that to his calling. You stay in a position that he's called you to, to, uh, uh, in, to work, staying with that no matter how difficult it becomes or how challenging it may be. Call means permanence. Now, can a call experience ever be changed? Absolutely, yes. But they are only changed by a subsequent and superseding call experience, meaning that they are replaced by another call, another profound impression from God that establishes new parameters for your life and charts the direction that you're going from that day forward. So, definition of call. It is a profound impression from God that establishes parameters for your life and can only be altered by a subsequent superseding impression from God. Now, based on that definition, let's walk out some additional information or insight into this idea and try to stay with our definition as we understand next these types of call experiences that are described in the Bible. As I've already said, the first one of these is a universal call to Christian service and growth. Now, there are many examples of the way the word, this way the word call is used in the Bible. I'll just reference two. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says that all Christians are called to walk worthy of the calling they have received in Jesus Christ. Now, in, the, in its context, that passage of Scripture describes what it means to uh, live out a life of Christian service and devotion walk worthy. But another passage, 1 Peter 1.15, says that we are called to be holy and that we are to live in a holy fashion as we are called to be holy. This speaks about Christian character development or Christian growth. So these two passages are not exhaustive by any means. They're just simply examples. One passage speaks of called to Christian service. The other one speaks to called to Christian growth. And so the universal call to Christian service and growth is an experience that comes to every believer. 
Now, these two passages of Scripture are not limited to any section or any kind or specific uh, scope of Christians. They're for all Christians. And so we can say in that sense that all Christians are called, but only called in this general sense, this universal sense, to Christian service and growth. Now, you might wonder, uh, is it really possible to receive that kind of responsibility in the moment of conversion and not really even know it's happening? Well, that certainly is possible. Uh, we have this experience all the time where we make commitments and don't fully understand the responsibility that comes with them. I'll give you a couple examples. First of all, since, we're, uh, since I work at a school, we, we see this one frequently. It's called syllabus shock. Syllabus shock is when a student signs up for a degree program taking the responsibility to fulfill that, that, that program and then signs up for a class that's required in that program and takes on the responsibility of that class and then is handed the syllabus. And they receive it, start reading through it, and their first thought is, this professor is the only person in the school who thinks they're teaching a class this semester. And I have news for you, the professors don't think that. They think they're the only person in the universe who's teaching a class this semester. And so professors pile on the work, and you look at that syllabus and you're shocked at what's required of you. But you've made the commitment, now you discover the responsibility that goes with it. Same thing with marriage. When I uh, walked down an aisle a number of years ago and said I do to my wife, I, I really had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea all that would be involved in being married over these many years. I had no idea of the ways my wife would change. I had no idea of the uh, challenges that would come into our lives. I had no idea of the, the different choices we would make about ministry and about where we would live and about uh, how we would uh, do things in our family. We had no idea how many children we would have. We, we had no idea of all the responsibilities that were coming with those words of commitment. But once we made the commitment, we had to fulfill the responsibilities. It's the same way with your conversion. In the moment that you're, that you're saved, uh, whether it's as a child at a vacation Bible school, uh, as a teenager at a youth camp, uh, maybe a college student in a dorm room, or even later on in life as an adult, it doesn't really matter. In the moment of your conversion, in that moment, when you made that commitment, you received a significant responsibility, and that was the responsibility to grow and to serve Jesus Christ. You received this universal calling to Christian service and growth. Now, that raises the question, well, can this kind of calling be fulfilled in some other vocation besides a ministry position? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. In fact, this is the calling that about 95 to 98% of Christians, uh, the, the only calling that about 95 to 98% of Christians receive and is the calling that almost all Christians have to learn to live out and exercise in their daily life. So, of course, this calling can be lived out through any honorable vocation. Now, we'll leave out mafia hitman and a few things like that, any honorable vocation. Now, I was teaching this uh, once on a college campus. There was a young woman in the audience. I had known her since she was a child, and I knew her parents. They're both very active ministry leaders. Her father's a pastor. Her mother's a writer and musician. When I finished giving this talk, the girl came forward after the service to talk with me personally with tears streaming down her cheeks. 
Now, while I want this talk to be moving, it normally does not evoke that kind of emotion. I asked her, how can I help you? And she said, I wanted to tell you thank you so much for what you said today because now I know I'm not called. Well, uh, that puzzled me because I had just taught that everyone was called. And then she said, oh, but that's not exactly what I mean. I, I, I know what you said. I, I really am called. But what I mean is I don't have to be called to be a ministry leader, to be like my mom or like my dad in order to make a real difference for God in the world. She said, I believe and have thought since I was a little girl that God wants me to be a music teacher, particularly in public schools, and to be there to impact children uh, with my life and with the gospel as I'm given opportunity. And I really have felt that uh, for, 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 for a long time. And you've told me today that that is sufficient. That is enough. In fact, you've said today that that's an honorable and good way to live out my calling. And I would say that very thing to all of you who are listening today. Your universal call to Christian service and growth is a call to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and serve in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the call experience that comes to every believer, and it's the only experience that 95 to 98% of all believers will ever receive. And in that context, you have the opportunity to live out this calling through any honorable vocation. So whether you're a coach or a counselor, whether you're a teacher or an architect, an engineer, whether you're in the military or public safety, no matter what you do, as a Christian, you have the opportunity to live out your Christian faith, live out your Christian walk, live out your Christian character in that context and make a significant difference in our world for Jesus Christ. So the first way the word call is used is a universal call to Christian service and growth. But the second way that it's used is a general call to ministry leadership. A general call to ministry leadership. Now this type of call is often given confusing titles like full-time Christian service. This can't be a call to full-time Christian service because everyone already has that in the universal call to Christian service and growth. Another confusing title given to this this type of call is vocational Christian service, meaning that there are certain people who are called to be paid to provide Christian leadership, and that's the defining quality of this call. That can't be true because that's not true for most Christian leaders all around the world. Most Christian leaders do not receive a salary. They do not receive an annuity. They do not have an expense account. Most Christian leaders who are leading in the global church do not have these privileges that are often uh, present in American Christianity. So while it's not inappropriate uh, to be paid for your work, in other words, it's fine to be paid to be a ministry leader, that can't be the defining characteristic or the defining quality of this type call. Otherwise, it becomes just an American or maybe a Western church experience, and that's not acceptable. Uh, another misleading title sometimes given to this call is the call to preach. Now, I value preaching highly. I, I teach it here at the seminary. Uh, I preach regularly uh, all across the, the, uh, the nation, and I think preaching is a vital and significant role for every pastor. But this call is not defined by one function of the call, preach. So while preaching is important, it is not the necessarily best way to define this kind of calling. 
Now, I've described this call as a general call to ministry leadership, not a full-time, not a call to full-time Christian service or a call to vocational Christian service or even a call to preach. Now, let me hasten to say that if your pastor or ministry leader uses these phrases, uh, they're not wrong to use. They're, they're not, there's not anything um, sinful about them. I, I just simply think they're confusing when you're trying to really understand the concept in the context of the definition that we've laid out. Now, this call, general call to ministry leadership, means that while all believers have the universal call I've already described, a few are called to leadership. The essential uh, defining aspect of this call is not vocation or being full-time or preaching or any other function. The nature or the uniqueness of this call, the essentiality of it is leadership. A general call to ministry leadership. It means that you're a person that God has called to step forward and give direction, guidance, oversight, to all the rest of the Christians who have only a universal call to Christian service and growth. Now, just to give a simple illustration of this, think about a church that has 100 people attending. It usually only has one pastor, one leader who steps forward to give this kind of direction. And it might also have a couple of key persons who step forward in an elder role or an associate role or a leadership role that also aid the pastor in giving direction. But even in that context, you're talking about maybe as few as three out of a congregation of 100. That's where I get those percentages I've been using in the podcast. I I say 95 to 98% of Christians have a universal call to Christian service and growth, but a small percentage are called to give leadership. Now, just one biblical example of this is uh, the, uh, the, the Apostle Peter. Peter became a Christian in John chapter 1 when Andrew, his brother, introduced him to faith in Jesus Christ. That would be the moment when Peter received his universal call to Christian service and growth. And we see him fulfilling that call from John chapter 1 on through the early part of the Gospels as he continued leading his commercial fishing operation. But in Luke chapter 5, Jesus encountered Peter after an all-night futile fishing experience, showed him through a process of a miraculous catch of fish that he had a unique and wonderful plan for his life that was different than he had anticipated, and then called him to leave fishing behind and to, in Jesus' words, fish for people from this day forward. Now, from Luke chapter 5 until the end of Jesus' life on earth, Peter is not portrayed as fishing any longer. He's only seen in leadership in the kingdom of God, learning from Jesus and exercising his early leadership in the Gospels. Now, there is that one fishing story at the end of John chapter chapter 21 where Jesus has a fish fry for the fellows just before the ascension. But other than that, Peter's fully devoted, fully devoted, to serving in a leadership role uh, in God's kingdom after the Luke 5 experience. So Peter's a good example of a person who came to faith in Jesus Christ and received a universal call to Christian service and growth and continued along those same lines of being a commercial fisherman as he served and grew in his relationship with God. And then at a certain point in time had a second call experience in which he left behind fishing and devoted his life completely to providing leadership in the kingdom of God. Now, 
Getting this correct is, is, is significant in practical ways. Um, when I first made the decision to commit my life to ministry leadership, I went to a pastor and said, Pastor, uh, God is calling me, and he's calling me to be a pastor. And that wise pastor said, well, Jeff, I think you should keep it more general than that. God may want you to do many things in your life besides be a pastor. I said, no, God wants me to be a pastor. And he appealed to me a second time and said, no, you're understanding this too narrowly. God may want you to do many things. Why don't you simply make a commitment at this point in your life to uh, following God in ministry leadership? And as you do that, you'll have the opportunity to pursue whatever direction he gives you in your life to take on whatever task or responsibility or position he brings your way. Well, quite frankly, as a young 18-year-old, I thought, this man has lost his mind. He cannot understand the English language. I am telling him God has called me to be a pastor, and he doesn't get it. Well, I actually, he did get it. In fact, he understood me much better than I understood myself. If I had listened to him in that moment, it would have spared me some significant grief later on in my life because there came, to, there came a point in life, in life a few years later when God actually called me to a ministry position that was not a pastorate. And I went through a profound and difficult time because I felt like in some ways I was leaving my calling if I left the pastorate. I think it's far better to understand this kind of call as a general call to ministry leadership than it is to identify it too precisely with one position or one place of ministry. So, Answer God's call if he's calling you to leadership and say to him that you will step forward and take the lead and give direction to all the others who are responding to God's call of universal, uh, universal call to Christian service and growth. But don't become too riveted too quickly on one specific role. Now, the third type of call experience described in the Bible is a specific call to a ministry assignment. I believe ministry leadership is more than a job or a career. It's a calling. And so once you've had a universal call to Christian service and growth, and then for some of you a secondary call where God has called you to ministry leadership, if he's done that, then there will come at least one time in your life a specific call to a ministry assignment where God will call you to be the pastor of a certain church, to teach at a certain school, to serve with a certain mission board, to go to a certain location and accomplish something specifically for him. God will give you an assignment calling. And the greatest confirmation, really, of a general call to ministry leadership is that ultimately he gives you that assignment calling. He places you somewhere where he wants you to accomplish for him the ministry leadership role he's assigned. I believe that these responsibilities can change several times over a lifetime. Now, I have friends, uh, two of them, who have been pastors of one church for more than 30 years. They both responded to God's universal call to Christian service and growth, and in the moment of their conversion started growing and serving. Later on, they received a general call to ministry leadership, and their first assignment calling was to a pastorate, and they've stayed in that role for 30, in one case, 40 years. I applaud that, and I thank, these, uh, thank God for these men and their tenacity and durability, their endurance in their roles. But for most of us, that will not be the pattern God uses. He will instead give us a universal call to Christian service and growth, then a general call to ministry leadership, and then a series of assignment callings over a lifetime. For me, there have been four of these. 
I was first assigned the responsibility of being a pastor in the Midwest. Then I was a church planter in the Pacific Northwest. That led me then to the opportunity to be the executive director of the Northwest Baptist Convention, and now my fourth assignment calling to be the president of Gateway Seminary. So these assignment callings are specific opportunities that we have to respond to God to fulfill our general call to ministry leadership in a unique and precise way. Well, today on the podcast, we've talked about a definition of call, what it is, and then three types of call experiences that are described in the Bible, a universal call to Christian service and growth, a general call to ministry leadership, and a specific call to a ministry assignment. Next week on the podcast, we'll pick up on ways God calls and look into the Bible to discover how God communicates these callings to us. Thanks for listening today.